Previously on The Tony Kornheiser Show. Obviously, the two things I care the most about in life are sports and politics. So it's about sports and politics. It basically, it's called power players, uh, sports, politics, and the American presidency. Looks at every president from Eisenhower to Biden. Sports they played, loved, spectated, and what it tells us about them. It's done. It's, it's totally written. I finished it. Uh, right around Labor Day. Do you need a blurb from me? Can I, I use may need a the blurb. Dan Jenkins famous blurb? Yes. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. would be fine. Yeah. Yes. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. Very nice to have Chris here. I enjoyed that very much. Yes. We'll, have, we'll do that again. Um, those of you who watch the PTI show or listen to this show know that I often, when I talk about Justin Verlander, not often, invariably, when I talk about Justin Verlander, who's going to win the Cy Young Award this year. <laughs> yes. And it looks like he's going to be on a World Series champion this year. They look good, Houston. But I always talk about the fact that he's a member at Kinlock, which is outside of Richmond, Virginia. Um, and that's where he grew up, outside of Richmond, Virginia. And, and sometimes when we've had him on as a guest, I've said, well, you're going to take me in Wilbon? <laughs> and he says, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when I get the time, I'll, you know. But the baseball season is the golf season. So when he's done, especially if he goes all the way into November, there's, you know, it's not all that hospitable. But Michael and I have both played Kinlock. Wilbon has played Kinlock as well. And it is a lovely experience. It's an overnight, right? Overnight. That's, it's the, a, though it's not a hard drive from D.C. if you no, had an afternoon tea two time. Hours. And, yeah, yes. two, about two hours? Two hours. Two hours. So, a um, great dinner. Yeah, they, they really, they take care of you. I had a circumstance where I had something wrong with my car. They took my car off property to a dealer, got it fixed, brought it back. <laughs> That's nice. Now, when you do something like that, you earn my praise for life. I mean, that's really sure. good. Here's an, e- uh, here's a, an email. Good afternoon, Tony. My name is Eddie Luke, PGA. I'm a golf professional, 30-year member of the PGA of America. I watch your show every day. I enjoy watching you and Wilbon discuss the best sports topics of the day. While watching tonight's show, this was the other night, you were all discussing the Yankees-Astros. You mentioned something about Justin Verlander taking you to Kinlock Golf Club. (laughs) And I couldn't help but laugh. I've been a member there since 2004, and I would enjoy having you, Wilbon, and another guest of your choice, Michael Kornheiser. (laughs) Join me for a round of golf if Justin hasn't invited you there. I know you gentlemen are very busy, but please let me know if you'd like to be my guest there. Have a good evening. Hope to join you on the links, Eddie Luke PGA. That's the best. Isn't that great? Okay, that goes in the special pile. (laughs) Because <laughs> that's simply the best. Um, it leads me into watching the game last night. It's an odd circumstance where a team has two starting pitchers who go one-two in the rotation, who both have a last name that begins with V. I can't think of another situation. Verlander and Valdez. Framber Valdez did something this year that had never been done before. He broke the old record and set a new record for consecutive quality starts. Now, I have a problem with the definition of a quality start because it is defined very specifically as six or more innings and allowing three or fewer earned runs. If you go six and you allow three earned runs, that's a 4.50 ERA. To me, that ain't that great. That ain't that great. But that is the definition. And Framber Valdez set a record for this. In any other year, he would be the Cy Young winner, except for the fact that Justin Verlander, coming back from Tommy John at age 39, had a great year, and he's going to win the 
he's going to win the Cy Young. The Yankees had a chance to beat Verlander two days ago. In the first three innings of the game, they either scored a run or had multiple people on base. They didn't get to him. When he settled in in the fourth inning, you turned around and you found out he had struck out 11 Yankees and they didn't touch him. They had their chance. I don't know that they had the same chance against Valdez. You watched. I I think Valdez was sharper. And your feeling was when Bregman hit the three-run homer, was that in the fourth? It was the third. Third or the fourth. Yeah. You felt the game was over at that point, right? Yeah, it's just the way that he hit that home run. We've seen him do that in that ballpark. Now, we've seen them lose with him having hit that same shot. Uh, but no, it's just the it's the speed at which that happened, and and the whole table switched. And you looked at Verlander; it's the way that he's had issues in early portions of the games that we've seen yeah. in this postseason. Much like, much like Matt Scherzer, and the same way that you have to take age into context, even if he's defying it at every other thirty nine, having one of the not the best year of his life because he had an MVP year. One of the he's going to the Hall of Fame. Oh, he yes. of of all the pitchers out there who are going to the Hall of Fame at the moment, who are three, Clayton Kershaw. Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer. In my ratings, I've got Verlander one. Most other people have, have Kershaw one, except for Wilbon, who somehow thinks Kershaw isn't any good. Uh, and Timmy Kirchin <laughs> has Kershaw one. But I got Verlander one. I, I, and just in my mind, because he's do, done it longer. He has more innings. He has more strikeouts. He's got all that stuff. He's won more games. He's won the most games of any active pitcher. So when they win one and two... Boy, that's a lot of pressure on Garrett Cole in sure. Game 3. And then you've got to hope you get to Game 7 for Cole again. But you've got Verlander and Valdez in 5 and 6. And you think to yourself, is it going to go more than that? Right? It looks to me like Houston is the significantly better team at the moment. And everyone looks to the stats as, what does it mean if you win Game 3 of a 1-1 series in these seven gamers? And you go, sure, that's misleading when you're down 0-2. Right. And you look at what the weight of Garrett Cole has on his shoulders when he's lost that game at Yankee Stadium before. Yeah, and, and by the way, where was his best year ever as a pitcher as a member of the Houston Astros? That's right. Here's the problem that they have. I was going over this with Michael before we sat down. Here's the problem that the Yankees have. They have to beat the starters. Because the Astros' bullpen is fabulous. We did the math. The Astros' bullpen now has pitched in playoff baseball. By the way, they have not lost a game. They haven't lost a game yet. In playoff baseball, they have gone 25 and one-third innings so far. They have 33 strikeouts, and they've allowed two earned runs. If you do the math, you'll find that somewhere around 0.7. So you're not going to beat them. That, that tells you you're not going to beat them, so you have to beat the starters. That's what you have to do. And again, in games five and six, if it goes that far, that's Verlander and, and Valdez. Yeah, and you just saw how deep that bullpen was when you saw the extra inning game against the Mariners. Doesn't matter who's up in the order. And you would think, they allowed no runs in 18 innings, that team. Yeah. No runs. And you would think, too, if it was a game seven, They're that, good. that Verlander would probably come out of the pen at some point, right? Yeah, well, there's nothing else. Yeah, he'll, he would volunteer. He would say, put me in there, coach. Yeah. I'm ready to play. Um, they don't cheat anymore, allegedly. That'd I hope be, they cheat. It would be the best time to I cheat. I hope they <laughs> cheat right now because everyone thinks they don't cheat anymore. No, it's the perfect time. But they are. this is their sixth straight ALCS. Yes. Now, I could be wrong. Now, to be fair to the Yankees, to be fair, they had a five-game series with Cleveland. Houston had a three-game series with Seattle. They had to win a game 
at home, get on a plane, play the next day in Houston, play two in a row. They are fatigued. There's no question that they are fatigued. But they don't look as good as the other team, right? They and, don't. and this is the one team that you're seeing how they actually used the order of operations with the divisional round, the power of getting through that, and how it, and how it carries you for the rest of the postseason. Yeah. So they look, they look real good at the moment. Um, they don't play tonight. Padres and the Phillies play tonight. Uh, as I said in text to a lot of people, including my son, that five-run inning, the five-run fifth inning, that's it. That's think, the series. You think that, that broke the Phillies? I do. I do. I think they're empty going home. Yeah, I do. I mean, I, and I, but, I, but I'm I think rooting for them. Every story that Padres. you're hearing about what's going on at uh, Citizens Bank Park would lead you to believe that if they're down early, that place will lift them up. I mean, the way that they're cheering for Hoskins, okay. the bat yep. slam. Yeah. Harper, for everyone who ever Harper's said great. he's underrated, and we all, we've all criticized Harper's him. Harper's great. He is worth the price of admission. Yeah, he sure is. Uh, Bryce Harper that paid, got paid $330 million by the Phillies. Manny Machado got paid $300 million by the Padres. Yeah, Manny Machado woke up last game. They're still yeah. playing, and Manny Machado's great in the field. Yeah, he is. They're still playing, while other people, as Wilbon would like to say, are in the crib. <laughs> They're still playing, so that looks like money well spent. Yeah. How about Josh Bell? Well, he, he had a really good first half here this year and then went totally south. Okay, but, but he's, he showed no, up for the yeah, playoffs. He is. He is. It's not a guy who plays in a lot of playoff games because he played in the Pirates. Well, this was his first time. Yeah, so good for him. Because he seems like a nice fellow, and he cares about literacy. You know, so good for him. Every yeah. time he's interviewed, he seems very pleasant. A couple of other things to get to. I, I have this long story. I'm just going to tease it about Capital One and a credit card purchase and an amount of... It's not the amount of money. It's the inability for me to engage anyone at Capital One whose national headquarters are in Falls Church, Virginia. They're here. And I, I have a story, but it takes a long time. And my son doesn't really want to... So you to... weren't just buying a cup of coffee at one of the Capital One cafes? No, no. This was a major <laughs> I think they purchase that with, with a Capital uh... One credit card that went really south in a hurry for me when I found out that the interest rate is like 25%. Whoops. Compounded minute by minute by minute by minute, <laughs> as the Doobie Brothers would say. So I'm going to hold that for a while. I watched back and forth. I went from the baseball in between innings. I went to the football. Sometime around the second quarter, Andy Dalton was leading New Orleans down the field against Arizona on something like a 15-play, 80-yard drive. It's a third down play inside the red zone. As he takes the snap, I simply say this. Just don't throw a pick. <laughs> in the end zone. Boom. Trying to get the guy in a white uniform, surrounded by three guys in the black uniforms. Easy pick. Easy pick. And I stopped. I just said, that's it. I later find out that later in the game, he throws two successive pick sixes. Yeah. Arizona isn't any good. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury is going to say, you see, I... It's we're much better now since I offered to get rid of the play calling. Do you call the defensive plays? Because that's what won you the game. Not your offense. The defense won you the game. Andy Dalton, it's over. It's been over for a while. He was really good at TCU. He was really good with the Bengals, though he couldn't win a playoff game. And now it's over. Yeah. You know, New Orleans isn't any good. Arizona isn't any good. At least Al Michaels had touchdowns to talk about. Sure. At least he had scoring. But I would stop watching. Did you watch that game? I did not know. I, I don't was, even want to talk to Jason about that game because was, it's like, who cares? Well, there's other stuff in the NFL. I yeah. mean, the McCaffrey trade and, and yeah. Yeah. what's going yeah. on with Snyder. 
No. Um, did you see the, the, the little blow up between... Um, yeah, they con- showed that this morning. Yeah. What does it mean? Uh, tell what us- does it mean? <laughs> Kyler Murray is an excitable young man. Yeah. You know, uh, just tells I, you that it's not all you know, peace and love and happiness. Well, so what? They won the game. That's true. I mean, Tom Brady screams at people. So what? He's got eight. So I, 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 I. You I know just, what I think is serious? When Draymond Green punches Jordan Poole, <laughs> okay, that right. is serious. That's a different level. Yelling yes. back and forth in the heat of the moment. Nah, I, no, not for me. I don't care about that. Um, what else should I mention? I don't know how many of you people, you people. I don't know how many of you get the New York Times or have access to the New York Times online. There was a story in the New York Times within the last 48 hours about American realist painter and great painter Edward Hopper and the distribution of Hopper's drawings and paintings after he died and how a particular minister, a minister, a man of the cloth, got his mitts on a whole lot of them. And it's, there's accusations, there's innuendo, you know, as Paul Simon would say. Um, allegations, innuendo, accusations. You should read the story. It does not come to a conclusion. It does not, it's not wrapped up. It's not, <laughs> you know, questions. it's not a detective story and it, with a, an ending that's satisfying. There's no ending. The ending is we don't know. But it's a really good story, especially if you know Edward Hopper's work, his most famous work, is a, a word called Nighthawks. That's the people sitting around the, the uh, counter in the diner. I have a print of an Edward Hopper painting that I think is his best work. It's at a gas station in America. It's, it's, he does what I would say, he does haunting, shadowed, evocative, realistic paintings. They're not portraits that's not what they are. They're not, it's not fruits. It's not that fruits in a, you know, in a, <laughs> a bowl, in a on bowl. A table. It's right. not, it's not that. And it's not particularly complicated. It's not 87 people. It's, it's not that. It's a moment in time that is haunting and evocative. Most of the work that I am familiar with. He's really good. Read the story if you get a chance. And We'll get to Paul Newman later. When we can get Ann Hornaday, we'll talk about Paul Newman's book and Paul Newman as an actor. But we'll get out of here now and we will come back with Jason Lockenfora and I am Tony Kornheiser. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a song called Maybe It Was Her. This is being played by a band called APFR. That band doesn't exist anymore. It was a band that Brandon Costello was part of. And he writes, on October 27, 2012, my band, APFR, played our 10th annual Halloween show, which also happened to be our final show as a band. Ten years since, I've just posted that show to Bandcamp for interested listeners to stream or download, and I've attached a pair of tunes herein. It says, also, don't tell anyone, but I'll be opening again for Dan Byrne. 
at the Southgate House Revival just this side of Cincinnati on February 4th. No sign of the who, those cowards, <laughs> which is a good line. This is called Maybe It Was Her, Brandon Bowker. Brandon used to be Brandon Bowker, now Brandon Costello. Hope that's working out. Wonder if he can avoid IRS taxes <laughs> by saying, well, that's I, not me. it's not who I am, <laughs> even though checks come to you. I wonder if he can do that. He plays in Jason Lock and Fora. I had written down a whole bunch of questions. I'll get to all of those questions. But the NFL headline today is not that Andy Dalton breaks your heart every time he gets a chance. The NFL headline is that Christian McCaffrey has been traded to San Francisco. I don't know, Jason, that this is quite the trade that the L.A. Rams pulled off when they got Matthew Stafford. But if healthy, and I say this all the time about Zion Williamson because he's never healthy, but if healthy, Christian McCaffrey can get you to a Super Bowl on a team like that. This is a big deal, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it it is. Uh, I think it shows, obviously, a commitment from San Francisco to try to do something more substantial offensively and to... um, go from sort of this running back by committee thing that they've, they've kind of been stuck in in some degree uh, because of injury, some might say to a large degree, and get themselves somebody who right now is among the league leaders in scrimmage yards, who we know is a unique uh, dual threat. This is someone who at one point in time was a 1,000-yard receiver and a 1,000-yard running back in the same season. Yeah. Now, that, that feels like a long time removed. And yep. durability is in some ways the number one ability, and that's been in, in short supply with him. Um, but I, I get what the San Francisco 49ers are, are trying to do. Um, they thought Trey Lance would be someone who would help their run game and would be a part and a spark in their run game out of the backfield. That's not going to be the case. Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to provide that element. And, and again, their offense has been very much fits and starts. So you, you look at a McCaffrey and you consider him an offensive weapon, right? You look at a Debo Samuel, you consider him also somewhat of a positionless player, um, an offensive weapon, if you will, who can run the ball, catch the ball, whatever. Um, so Kyle Shanahan now should have plenty of toys to play with. Um, and Carolina, I mean, again, I, I've been writing about that situation since very early in the season for the Washington Yeah, you had Matt Rule out. Nothing that has happened there has surprised me. I told you in week two. Yeah, you had Mr. Matt. McCaffrey will be traded. I don't care what they tell you. And he won't be the last one. He wasn't the first one, right? Robbie Anderson went. Right. And they're open for business. They went At the time they fired Matt Rule, they had four draft picks in the upcoming draft and they have a job that's not attractive to other people, um, there's not much to sell. The owner hadn't done a damn thing. The stadium is kind of dumpy. The practice facility he said he was going to build um, has become a matter for the courts. And the roster's not great, and they don't have a quarterback, and they're not sitting on a kitty of picks. So their work there continues. Okay. Let me move on to other things. Tua comes back this week. Dak Prescott comes back this week. Mac Jones may come back this week. For whom do you have the highest expectations? Well, I mean, Dak Prescott's a $40 million quarterback. And Dak Prescott, um, only five people on the planet dropped back to throw more than Dak Prescott last year. So that tells you, you know, what 
his employers think he's capable of and what he's done in the past. Um, I don't know that that's the recipe for them anymore. Um, I, I think there's a middle ground between what they were doing with Cooper Rush and what they've done with Dak Prescott that might um, allow them to flourish as a team more than we've seen because they've put up a lot of yardage, but it felt pretty hollow. But what they're doing this year through the first third of the season seems pretty real. Yeah. Um, and if you add a Dak Prescott to that, but keep some of those guardrails on Kellen Moore, um, keep yourself in, in smart downs and distances, focus on a more high percentage passing attack than bombs away, boy, you might really play to the strengths of that defense and you get Pollard involved more like you have been and um, you might have a little something-something there. Uh, Tua would obviously be second in this equation. You know, they, I'm old enough to remember them 3-0, and and you could say it was a little Fugazi or a little this, a little that, but it was, it was, that was their record. They and, beat Buffalo. Yes. They beat Buffalo. And they had a wild comeback on the Ravens yeah. on the road. Yeah. So, you know, I think him getting a chance to, to practice and play will be good for that team. They haven't really established an offensive identity other than Tyreek Hill gets a ton of um, action. Uh, but it's been staccato on the ground, and, and they haven't really, um, you know, it's been kind of points and bunches, but, but not much sustained. So we'll see what he can do there. Uh, their offensive line has not been as good as they hoped it would be. You know, they decide Armstead for all that money. He's been in and out of the lineup. Um, but maybe there's a little stability there. Uh, my issue with them is also their defense is not doesn't look like last year's defense much at all. And then Mac Jones. I mean, Mac Jones was, was playing really bad football. I mean, Mac Jones was supposed to be this quintessential game manager, and he's throwing up dying quail after dying quail. I mean, he was begging begging to throw a couple picks against the Ravens in the last game he played. And he ultimately accomplished his goal. Uh, he, he wasn't getting the ball downfield. They were not getting those tight ends that they paid all that money to um, a couple years ago in free agency, the ball at all. It was pretty ugly. And yeah. Bailey Zappi is spreading it around. Better. And Bailey Zappi is that point guard. He's and better. all of a sudden, Hunter Henry's got uh, 15 targets in uh, two games and a half with, with Bailey Zappi. And all of a sudden... They've got Devontae Parker and Jacoby Myers both playing productive football at the same time. And even though they don't have uh, Harris, you know, they're still bludgeoning you with Stevenson in the run game. So I don't think this is a question for Bill Belichick at all. And I don't think Bill Belichick right now is into navel-gazing or thinking about, oh, my goodness, if I bench this quarterback, I took that high. What does that mean? He just wants to win this next football game because they've been winning football games with Bailey Zappi. And – he almost beat Green Bay in Lambeau with no practice that week, coming in cold in the middle of a game. So I don't think he's worried about this one iota, and I think Bailey Zappi has been the more productive player for him Me this too. season. So Bailey Zappi's going to remain in that role until or unless he's no longer a productive player. Lamar Jackson stinks in the fourth quarter. Russell yeah. Wilson stinks most of the game. Which is more easily fixed? Well, I, I mean – Lamar Jackson, even when he stinks in the fourth quarter, you know, he runs seven times for 77 yards, you know, and he's, his rushing totals put him in the top ten. And what he's doing, uh, you know, rushing totals at the quarterback position is, is pretty unheard of at this point. So, I mean, the fact is, you know, Kenyon Drake looked like an all-pro last week, not because Kenyon Drake all of a sudden wasn't a journeyman and, and, and you know, uh, upped his game with a couple days of practice. It's because 
when they're able to get their offensive line straight and they're able to run that you know option stuff out of the pistol, if you have any athletic ability saddled next to Lamar Jackson in those plays, you're probably going to do some special stuff. So he still is the primary reason that that offense goes, even when the pass game is shut down. And also, through three weeks when he had Rashad Bateman as a quasi-number one receiver, or at least someone on the outside who can run and, and has some size and you have to worry about, he was the third best quarterback in the NFL in play action. Without Rashad Bateman the last three weeks, he's dead last. He went from a 144 wow. rating to a 44.9 rating, 32nd wow. in the NFL. And I think that has, I don't think that's all of a sudden because Lamar Jackson became a bad quarterback. It's because you've, you've got people out right. there like Demarcus Robinson um, and Tylon Wallace and uh, you know, a bunch of people who, who aren't proven NFL commodities, who, who haven't you know, done anything in this league ever or not lately, and some of these guys, James Prochet, probably never will do anything. So now Bateman's coming back, and they signed, they, they, they signed Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson. Now, should they have signed Deshaun Jackson yeah. when they traded yeah. Hollywood Brown because they yeah. had no real vertical threat? Yeah. Yes, they should have. They chose to do this in late October. Um, I'm not putting that on Lamar Jackson. He's not without fault. Okay. He's had some overthrows he'd want back. They, they have had trouble completing deep balls since week one. Um, when they landed a couple long touchdowns against the Jets. Lamar plays a role in that, but I think that they've had a personnel failing at pass catcher beyond Mark Andrews for a long time. Russell Wilson? Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. I don't know, Tone. Yeah. That, that head coach is really in over his head. Um, you know, Russ clearly has not adapted to this new environment all that well. Um, he's seems to be locking in on a particular receiver at any given time. I don't know that he's reading the field that well. Um, I don't know why they're not incorporating more RPOs, more option stuff for him and and unlocking his legs a little more. They started to a little bit, then, you know, he's got the hamstring problem. It just doesn't look like it's going to work. And I'm not sure Nathaniel Hackett's the guy to fix it. And I'm not sure Nathaniel Hackett makes it past their bye week, even though he's just the first-year head coach. Well, you had uh, Matt Rule out. That situation looks desperate, and and it looks like drastic measures might have to be in store. Because the defense is good enough that if you could score, you know, 21 points a game, you're probably a playoff team. But right now they're around 15, and, and I don't know that they have 17 or 20 in them, you know, as constructed. Um a lot of weird play calling, a lot of weird schematic stuff. I mean, you're fighting with Melvin Gordon, really? I just, it's, it's, it just doesn't look professional grade to me. Okay. So this is a second coach that Jason is going to get rid of, and he was right well, on that I'd rule. Well, he's not making it beyond this year. I okay. will say that. He, right. There will not be a second year for Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, get you out of here on this. The state of Dan Snyder is what after the one-day owners meeting and Jimmy Ursay pops out there and says get rid of him. Jimmy Ursay, not not a leader in the owner's fraternity. No, no. Um, I mean, look, he's not going rogue. He's speaking for That's right. some um, sort of constituency of, of owners. Now, is, that, is it five or six, or is it 24 or 25? Uh, maybe it's somewhere in the middle. I, I just think, again, uh, when, when they – 
aren't in the heat of the moment, right? When they kick everybody out and they go behind closed doors and they admonish people for talking out of school and they preach, you know, uh, patience and trust their process and all these other processes that are going on, investigating him and let all the facts come to light and Goodell speaks, you know, in the measured uh, tones that he does after a meeting. You know, I think it's clear that that there's not yet 24 votes there, and they're not even willing to really have those discussions, even quasi-formally yet. Um, And again, it's not just about that vote and getting those votes. It's about what follows, which is going to be a long, protracted, ugly, bloody legal battle that he will go to the lengths of his fortunes, and he will spend his entire existence focused on that matter and it will consume him and therefore he will do whatever he can do to make it consume them or at least consume their attorneys who get paid boatloads of money so again follow the money um and and don't get caught up in what one individual said i would focus on what you know 32 individuals did which was nothing that's right all right, that's good. You can read Jason. It's fabulous to read him in the Washington Post. And you can listen to him on a radio show. Plug your radio show. Uh, yeah, 226 Daily. You can listen to Inside Access on 105.7 The Fan. We have, we have three people on hosting the show now, Tony, so we're trying not to talk all over each other. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll try to be better. We'll get rid of uh, one of them. Tomorrow or today. And you can check us out at the Cross Street Market in Baltimore if you are around. Thanks, bud. Jason Lockenfora, there's nobody better, there's nobody as good. We'll take a break. Jeff Mon, James Carville, Carville you never really know. Carville, he's 4-0 last week, so maybe Carville. When we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. One more time. The now defunct band, APFR, stopped playing 10 years ago. But Brandon Costello retains the music and remains our pal. This is called Wake Up, Wake Up. Yeah, Michael, if people like Brandon Costello, who we love, want to send us their original music, or people we don't even know want to send us their original music, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonycornizershow.com. It's got a blues traveler yeah. feel to it, this yeah. song. Yeah. James Carville is with us. He is hot. He was 4-0 and last week. He is 14-6-1. If he hadn't sold his soul to T-Boy Lachelet, he'd be pocketing enormous sums of money, even though his Saints went down last night and looked bad doing so. Four and oh, you were, you've been great. What's the secret? Hey, I just want to thank God and my team. Yeah, that's great to know. You've been great on college games. You've been winning by a half point here and a half point there, and 
And you did have Tennessee. You had Tennessee. I had Tennessee. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And you had Oklahoma State. You won by a half point on Oklahoma State. You know, know, it ain't horseshoes or hand grenades. Right. That's (laughs) right. That's right. It it went by. You know, I've lost a lot by a half point, I might add. That's right. That's right. All right, what do you got for us? Uh, Syracuse, Clemson, Clemson minus 13 and a half. Yep, that's what I've got. Uh, Clemson. Don't trust the orange, do you? I don't either. Yeah, it's hard to get out of your mouth. Uh, UCLA. Oregon. Oregon. I've got Oregon giving six and a half at home. Uh, Take Oregon. So, Oregon, Oregon since... They got destroyed, destroyed by Georgia. Georgia, They've been pretty good since then. This is saying you don't trust, um, what's his name? Who's the coach there? Used to uh, coach. Chip Kelly? Yeah, 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 Chip Kelly. Uh, I don't know. I think Oregon just got better athletes. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, And uh, Texas, Oklahoma State? Uh, Texas giving six on the road. Really? What? Last week I said I thought I was a long shot bet on Oklahoma State to win a national championship. Of course, they lost to TCU, but it was 60 to 1. Right. Uh, I'll show you how I can reverse course fast and we'll pick Texas. You're going to take Texas? Mm hmm. Okay. Because Oklahoma it's State. It's like a sucker game. It's dying for you to bet on Oklahoma State. It's a trap if I ever saw one. Yes, but Oklahoma State's been good this year. They've only lost I, once. I know. Right? And, and, and they make them a six-and-a-half-point underdog. What do you think you're trying to do? Right, to get you to bet on yeah. them. Okay. Yeah, you gotta, you got to say, what is the most obvious thing they want you to do? And you pick that out and you say, well, I'm going to do just the opposite. And okay. That's where we are in the Texas-Oklahoma State thing. All right. Anything else? Uh, yeah, the, the Giants in Jacksonville. I think that's in London, isn't it? I uh, think. Giants-Jacksonville. Where is that game? No, I, I, well, it's a one o'clock game, so I'm guessing that's not in London. Okay. Um, not, even though Jacksonville Newton plays it, Jacksonville giving three at home to the Giants. I, 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 uh, so what's the line on that game? Three. Jacksonville minus three. All right. Uh, Later late points and take Jacksonville. Really? So you don't yeah, think they're begging you to bet on the on the Giants in that one? And everybody in the world is going to bet on the Giants. You know, any people living in the New York metropolitan area compared to the Jacksonville metropolitan area? Okay. Yeah, there's many Stuck more. Many more. But there are many more Waffle Houses in the Jacksonville <laughs> metropolitan area because there are none in New York. That's true. None. Well, we didn't play my place in Mississippi. Within like 10 miles, there are 10. So I'm, <laughs> familiar, I'm familiar with the genre. <laughs> what else you got? Or is that it? Uh, no, I, I will take, I got some more. Okay. Uh, Kansas City, uh, San Francisco. I've got Kansas City giving two at San Fran. And I have three. All right, we'll give you three. All right, give me three and take the 49ers. How do you like the um, Christian McCaffrey trade? you think they can incorporate him? It's already Friday. They're not going to be able to incorporate him this week, are they? If there's one athlete that can could learn a system fast, it would be Christian McCaffrey. Okay. All right. And uh, Pitt, Miami? Uh, hold on, Pittsburgh, Miami. Where is that? Oh, there it is, uh, Sunday night. Yeah, Miami at home uh, giving seven. Take Miami. Pittsburgh is not good. Pittsburgh is not and good. I got so I was I was in Manhattan yesterday. Yeah, and I was at the Dwayne Reed over there at Lexington, and I guess sixty or something like that. Right. Guy standing line says, uh, "Hey, I, I, I listen to you on Cornhouse all the time." I said, "Great." He said, "I got a tip." I said, "Well, go ahead." He said, "Boise State Air Force." You know, like, <laughs> I listen to the guy behind me. And I said, "Who is that guy?" He said, "Man, that's the helicopter son." 
you got to be kidding me. His daddy was like this legendary street basketball player in New York City. So the helicopter... Wait a second. The helicopter was Earl Manigault, right? Yeah. Herman the helicopter... Manigault? Maybe I'm wrong on that. No. The guy told me that the helicopter was his daddy. Wow. So the helicopter son likes Borges State, and I like Borges State. So it's not Manigault, because Manigault was the goat. Herman the Helicopter, and I've forgotten his last name. It was Herman the Helicopter. I think he's like Winston. Pete Axtelm wrote about him. He didn't tell me which helicopter it was. Axtelm wrote about him in the city game. Made him famous. Yes. So you're taking Boise State. What are the points on that? I I, I think Air Force is minus three and a half at home. Hold on. I just had this a second ago. Uh, He didn't tell me to take Boise State. I mean, you know, the guy was... I've got Air Force. That listens to the show. Makes me happy that he listens to the show. Does. Uh, Air Force uh, giving two at home is what I have here. But whatever, you know, if you've got a line you'd, you'd rather so have. He said three and a half, so let's, let's, let's put it at three. Three. You get three. Give Barty give State three. Okay. And, and, and I believe it was Herman Knowings. Okay. Herman the Herman helicopter. Hel- helicopter I, Knowings. I all I know is the guy says that the helicopter was his best helicopter son. I am thrilled I that he listens. What was he well, doing in the Dwayne Reed? I guess he was getting some aspirin. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, he was standing right in front of me. That's great. That's you know? great. All right. Thank you, James. That's a lot of bets. That's seven bets. Oh, well, when you're hot, you got, you got to go far lose all seven. All right. but, but Thank you, week. Have a good week. James Carville, boys and girls. And, you know, for those of you who have already listened to this, we only had to delete a couple of things today. Just, <laughs> Just not the usual sum of things that we have to delete. So I feel good about Gotta that. Gotta love coming off a four and a week. There's no system. There's no algorithm. It's all gut feelings. Yeah. Trying to avoid the He's traps. 14, six and one now. He could be 14, 13 and one by Monday. It's conceivable. If you're, if you're sort of making bets based on a guy standing in front of you at a drugstore in Manhattan, you know. <laughs> I don't know that that works. Well, we'll see. Is Jeff with us? Jeff Carville was just, he just made seven bets because he was 4-0 and last week, and he's 14-6-1. So he just went crazy, including taking Boise State over Air Force in a game none of us even knew was being played, including him, <laughs> until he ran into a guy in a drugstore who said, you should take Boise State. So You got to ride the hot streak. I, that's exactly how he feels. Exactly how he feels. You were 2-3 and three last week, but 17-13 and 13 overall. Jeff and Rufus do, of course, bet the process. What do you got for us? Oh, t- tell me about teasers. Because I, don't, I obviously don't know what teasers are. Neil Greenberg and Chuck Todd talk about them. What is a teaser? Uh, so teasers are bets that the casinos, uh, that the sports was created to uh, extract more money from bettors. Um, essentially, what you're allowed to do is there's many different versions of them. You're allowed to add points to either a point spread or a total. So, like, let's say that this week you were taking Tampa Bay and you're supposed to be giving anywhere from 11 to 13 points, let's say 11 points. Right. Um, they might allow you to actually only give Tampa Bay minus one point, so you get 10 points, but you have to do that for another two games. So you'd have to pick two other games where oh. you'd give, and you'd have to win all three of them. And then oftentimes the when you make that bet, it's not even an even money bet, meaning like uh, you're going to have to now risk $130 to win 100 So they're not typically good bets. 
um, there is one type of teaser, teaser that a guy by the name of Stanford Wong, who was a sort of a famous blackjack and gambler, he wrote a book about it. And they are, and this is what Chuck Todd was referencing uh, earlier this week, when you have uh, an opportunity to tease a line, basically, that gets you through three or seven points. So let's say that you have this week the 49ers are only are giving two points, and you can add six points. So in other words, now the 49ers go from being plus two plus eight, you tease through two key numbers, which are three, three and, and seven. seven. Right. And then that becomes a valuable bet as long as you're getting even money for that. So typically what they do is they do two game six point teasers where you'd find two games of that type that you could tease through three and seven. That's, that's the traditional um, sort of thing. Three and seven have become less key numbers uh, with the you know two point conversions and whatnot, right. but typically now people do still believe that you can tease through three and seven um, and get even money that they are often uh, positive expected value bets. But by and large, you would say to stay away from teasers because it involves you. You have to win more than one bet. Yeah, they they, they don't create these bets to lose money or right. to give you a better chance to win money. They do it <laughs> to create more exotics for people to think they can win money off of you and, and, and bet more at a worse, um, you know, at sort of worse odds. Well, I'll stay away from them because I've spent my entire life staying away from them and I'll continue to do it. All right, give us some games. Uh, I'm going to take Tampa Bay. I just looked at the line. Um, it, it's gone all the way up to 13. Um, earlier in the week, it was 11. I don't know what you guys have it at. I'll give you, you 11. I'll give you 11. Thank you. So Tampa minus 11 over Carolina. Last week, I obviously lost on Carolina. I thought, yeah. you know, the Rams were going to struggle still, blah, blah, blah. I said all of a sudden, Carolina was really terrible. Yeah. And I think they will, obviously, if they struggle to score, and, and Tampa obviously needs to bounce back here and, and should bounce back. Their defense is still playing pretty well. I think, I think they'll, they'll win this game comfortably and, and Carolina's going to struggle. I will just add parenthetically that when David Tepper bought the team, I read a bunch of quotes by him in which he basically said, I am Amos Alonso Stick. I know more about football than anybody of all time. And I thought, really? Because you're just a business guy. <laughs> and it pleases me that they stink. Because <laughs> he, he ran his fat yap. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, Q-verse is a tough thing. Um, Indy plus three over Tennessee. Um, Indy came into this year as a team that we thought would be on the upswing. Um, you know, Matt Ryan struggled early, looked yes. like kind of a corpse of his former self. Mm-hmm. And, um, generally, the team struggled, but it seems like they have now found their stride a bit. Um, and, you know, obviously we've talked a little bit about Tennessee being a, a – a team that we can't really figure out how they're how they're winning. Um, obviously, they're they're very well coached under Vrabel, um, but I think Indy finds their stride here and, and plus the three um, like them here. Even though Tennessee coming out of a bye, where teams usually do pretty well. Yeah, the buys were some points, but again, like that's figured into the line. Okay, like I'd like Indy here. All right, what else? I'm going to take Giants plus three over Jacksonville. You and Chuck talked about this game as a game that. You know, you couldn't figure out why the Giants were under right? And I think that this is a situation where the Giants all year have been um, a team that the Sharps and the betters don't want to back. Um, and you're seeing that here. And sometimes when teams are thought to be overrated so much by a crowd, they actually become underrated. And I think that's kind of what's happening here. 
Yeah, Chuck, Chuck took three. Jacksonville. Carville <laughs> just took Jacksonville. I would not take Jacksonville. I would take the Giants. They're getting points. Yeah, I mean, they're, again, this is a situation where you're seeing that the general perception is that the Giants have been overrated and that they right. are a non-deserving 5-1 and one team. But, you know, like, what, what does Parcells say? You're, you are what your record says That's you are. Right. That's in right. some ways, again, sometimes teams become so quote-unquote, overrated by the crowd that they end up becoming underrated, and you're seeing that in the point spread here. Okay. What else? I'm going to take Detroit plus the seven over Dallas. Um, really? Okay. You know, yeah, not a not a popular and uh, kind of a an interesting pick with Dak coming back. Yes, um, but yes. I do think Detroit will be able to score some points here. Um, I, you know, I know Dallas's defense is very good, um, and I know that sort of – Again, this is like the team that, you know, with Dak coming back is is a favorite in the NFC with, you know, Philly. Played Philly well last week, despite, you know, what the end-up score score being. But um, I think after that game, a little bit of a letdown here. Um, I think Detroit can keep this game close with an offense that's put up points against everyone except for that last game. Except for New England, yeah, where they got shut out. Yeah, Okay. I wouldn't have gone this way, but good luck on that one. What else? I'm going to take Kansas City minus the two over San Francisco. Um, San Francisco, I think, is still a little bit too beat up on defense to face this Kansas City team. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's sort of an interesting move going for McCaffrey. It, it's counter to what I think a lot of people – I'm going to see some people uh, tonight that are in that front office. So I'm really curious about where this decision came from. But my guess is it came from the owner who really wanted this sort of idea of, of – uh, getting a marquee running back. But a lot of what we've shown is that running backs are just simply not as valuable as people would think they are, even a marquee running back like McCaffrey. Um, and, you know, obviously that doesn't matter for this week. I doubt he's going to play, obviously. But Kansas right. City minus the two here um, is, is my play. Yeah, I, it's interesting to me because if you have Debo Samuel and you have Christian McCaffrey, you can run and you can pass with two, if they're healthy, Two really big-time talents to me. I think that's an all-in move for this year. It's intriguing to me. But what I said earlier, Jeff, was that, and I don't know if you can figure this in on betting, but he's Zion Williamson. He gets hurt all the time. He's just not there. So I don't know long-term how much sense it makes. Well, and they've given up so many draft picks. They gave up so many for Trey Lance, and, oh. and they've sort of mortgaged their future. So, I mean, maybe this was the move for them was to really just go for it this year, thinking the window wasn't very big for them. So, yeah. who knows, again, okay. but, like, the impact of a running back. I mean, McCaffrey is obviously super elite when he's healthy, so maybe he, more than other running backs, makes a difference. But generally what, what we found is that running backs don't make that big a difference, and that's why they shouldn't be drafted early and all this kind of stuff. Well, you'll find out and you'll tell us next week. Thank you, Jeff. And you can listen to Jeff and Rufus on Bet the Process. And you should listen. Don't listen to me. I'm an idiot. You should listen to them. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Tony. Jeff Ma, boys and girls. Stanford Hong, right? Michael, that's what he said? The the teaser guy, Stanford Hong? I'll Amazon Prime before if you want. Just tremendous. I'm still excited about the helicopter. Yeah, that's... That's very cool. Cargo running into people at the drugstore in Manhattan. (laughs) All right, we'll get out of here. We'll have email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Jacques Cousteau <laughs> right. play this. We're underwater, right? I need to listen to this on repeat after all the noise is coming up and down the hallway in our house over the last week. Yeah, <laughs> it's just... All right, uh, do the Bethesda Bagel ad for us, please. Bethesda Bagels, we love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in, and you'll be thrilled. We're almost done. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, everybody's talking at me. I don't hear a word they're saying, only the echoes of my mind. People stopping, staring. I can't see their faces, only the shadows of their eyes. That's sung by Harry Nilsson. I believe it's written by Fred Neal. The first time I ever heard that was in the movie Midnight Cowboy with John Voight and Dustin Hoffman, one of the greatest movies ever made. Phenomenal. Um, and it's a great song. It's a great song. really is. I believe that the character played by John Voight's name is Joe Buck. Oh, Not I think you're Joe right. Buck we know, but Joe Buck, I believe that's his name. Jay Buck, right. great local restaurant. Yeah, in St. Louis. Yep. Yeah. You've been there. Accidentally found my way into that one. Yeah. Uh, thanks to our guests today, Jason Lockenfora, James Carville, who's hot. And Jeff Ma, thanks to our sponsors, Solo Stove, Electric E-Bike. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. Let's get to some emails here from Tim Gilroy. Long time little here. You might remember me from such episodes as Bootsy's first dinner at the Palm and also as the guy who sent you Leonsis's pants. <laughs> wow. We can't find them. I don't know where they are. Pants are missing. I don't know where they are. I currently live in Evanston, Illinois, but grew up in Huntington on Long Island, where I may or may not have visited Adventureland once a summer, just down the road on Route 10 and 110 in Farmingdale. The best way to describe Adventureland is to think of one of those temporary amusement parks that Carney set up for a week at a time in parking lots all over the country. The kind that, as you're getting whipped around on some roller coaster being held together by a few old screws, you wonder just how much attention to detail was being practiced by the person responsible for tightening those screws. Adventureland is exactly like that, except they set it up in a parking lot about 50 years ago and never left. (laughs) It just so happens my last canoe trip was at the Otis Saga. My company had a sales meeting there in 2008, and when I got to my room, I looked out the window, saw a beautiful lake and docked with canoes. The last time I was in a canoe was Camp Pine Grove in Jamesburg, New Jersey, 1965. That morning at breakfast, I asked if anybody wanted to take a canoe ride. Fred Vecchione, a rep from Florida, said sure. It was late September, cool but not cold. We got off okay, but when we got out a little bit, it got choppy and we decided to return to the dock. 
As we got a few feet away, we both leaned over to grab the dock at the same time, both tumbled under the water. No, we are both holding on to the dock. Now we are both holding on to the dock and we're inching towards shore in mud. We finally got on the dock totally soaked. We had to walk through the lobby where the rest of the company was hanging out. The next morning at breakfast, I got up and announced canoeing after lunch and got a big laugh. Shabbat Shalom, DG. <laughs> so great. Justin Johnson, Arlington, Virginia. My wife and I enjoyed a great dinner at the Palm Saturday night. Naturally, Wolf came walking by our table. And I said to him, Mr. Blitzer, I just want you to know I really respect you. He stopped looking me straight in the eye and he said, he, he stopped, looked me straight in the eye and said, thank you. I don't respect you. Then continued walking. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not sure if I like him more or less after that. I think you have to like him more. Oh, I think it's more. I think you have to like question. him more. Yes. From Jesse Walsh in Edgewater, Maryland. If Dan Burns' new record does not include Victor Wembanyama and Zippy Zappy, well, I guess I'll be very disappointed. I wish I could say I won't buy it, but that would be lying. Please tell Dan Burns I will be very disappointed. From Keith Borland in Tucson, Arizona. Been a Patriots fan my whole life. I've grown accustomed during football season to spending most Mondays listening to post-game content and analysis from Sunday's game. While usually not an issue, I've spent the better part of all day singing Dan Burns' Zippy Zappy <laughs> wherever I hear the name mentioned, and I cannot find a way to stop, even when around other people. Who do I send the bill to when I'm committed to a mental institution? <laughs> from Franklin Huff in Edwardsburg, Michigan. Dear Dan Byrne, how do I make it stop? You know what I'm talking about. I'm walking around like a madman, just muttering the same two words over and over. Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama. <laughs> from Chris Carl in Claymont, Delaware, on October 23rd, that's in two days, I'll be receiving the honor of a lifetime, literally, as I will be inducted into the Temple University Klein College of Media and Communication Hall of Fame. Congratulations, Chris. But the Hall of Fame really means my name will be posted on the wall. So does that make me a half, a waff, both or neither? Both. Yeah, I think both. You, you get your, both you're boxes. a waff when you're in the Wall of Fame. And if it is for being in a Hall of Fame, although it's better if you're in multiple <laughs> Halls of Fame, but it's good. From Corey Emao. In Ann Arbor, Michigan. Now, there's a good way for you to remember how to pronounce Lake Orion correctly. You just say it the way you mispronounce Papillon. Orion has a long E in the middle. Orion. Orion is how it's pronounced. Papillon is pronounced the way any self-respecting Midwesterner would say a misspelled French word. Papillion. Are you kidding me? Papillion? <laughs> Finally, living in Nebraska and Michigan for 20-plus years each has paid off. Please consider this to be my application to be the official Midwest linguist of the TK Show, but I'll take being the official fermentation scientist if that role has already been filled. He's a professor of organic chemistry and fermentation science at Eastern Michigan oh, University. Oh, yeah, you're a Bing Kombucha guy. Yeah, so that would be good, yep. right? All right. Sure. From Jose Krings in Galena, Ohio. Can you ask the guy from Galena, Ohio, if he knows when the construction at Africa Road and Worthington Road will be finished? <laughs> the one-way traffic on Africa Road is killing me and adding at least 10 minutes to my commute. It's been going on all summer. Come on, man. What are we even doing? This is a great email. It really is. It's brilliant. just the people that listen to us. It's just wild. From Dina in Damascus. I've attended a wedding at Chatter. I've crashed a little wedding. But I've done something no other little have done. I've hosted a little wedding. At my house, the weekend of Jingle Fest this summer, Suzanne Nichols was married to Andrew. Not a little, but we like him anyway. The wedding was presided over by the internet-certified Jamie Julian. Music was provided by Mr. Steve Lipton. Chatter, crash, host. I think that wins the trifecta for Dina. I think it probably does. It's pretty good. From Sean Morrissey in Conshohocken. Is that how that's yeah. pronounced, Conshohocken? On Monday's show, the gang discussed what it might, must be like in the Philadelphia area with the birds flying high and the Phillies advancing to the NLCS. 
My borough is one mile outside the city limits, and on Saturday at around 5.30 p.m., while the sun was still up, mind you, fireworks began going off in every direction. This was also met with collective glee emanating from across houses and local watering holes all over town, as Brick Tamlin would say, loud noises. <laughs> we moved here from the D.C. area four years ago. I've been blown away by this fan base. I walk my dog through the neighborhood twice a day, and the flat screens in every window are tuned into whatever local team is playing, pro or college. The delivery drivers play local sports radio so loud in their trucks, the volume is 11, that the entire block can hear talk show hosts word for word, tempering down the hopes and dreams of Angry Al or Mike from South Philly. Living here has exceeded our expectations for a number of reasons. Chief among them, though, are the people, proud, gregarious, and the definition of true sports fans. These are not my teams, but boy, is it fun to share in the locals' happiness. And shout out and cheers to Anita from Alaska, Delco's finest. That's how you feel. That, ca- that captures every Philly fan. Right? Yeah. Even though they turn on you. Oh, But they yes. love you. Very passionate. They're happy to turn back around. <laughs> yes. They're happy to do that. Now enjoy a Wawa double pretzel for me. Yeah. <laughs> One more, and then we'll get out of here for the day. One more. Uh, this is from the Reverend David Howell, the senior minister at the First Congregational Church of Palo Alto. I wouldn't think that Palo Alto is a big church town. That's just me. Eh. I would think Palo Alto and Stanford and money, and but you never know. I am the Palo Alto pastor who wrote in complaining that someone had blown their nose in my connective tissue, and you were kind enough to make it very clear exactly where to find me. As I watched people file out of church the past two weeks, and I'm happy that he's got a big congregation. Yes. Grateful that I had finally stopped talking, I eagerly awaited the deluge of lachiseries and TK salutes I would surely receive. Nothing. They just headed out to their Teslas. Official Tesla motto. You think Subaru owners are smug? As though I did not have an email read aloud in your extremely prestigious podcast. However, the dangling sinews of my connective tissue are not completely bereft. I received an email from a very kind woman in my church saying her nephew had asked if her pastor is a fan of the La Cheeserie show. Yes, Eric Wolf. Yes, I am. When I tried to describe this delightful email and the meaning of the phrase to my wife, she interrupted, summing up the entirety of her feelings about your show. Quote, it's fine. You don't need to explain it. <laughs> Please tell Michael he was exactly right about the Subaru my daughter bought for school. It is a used Forester, just as he predicted. Yes. <laughs> Humbly yours, the Reverend David Howell. If you're out on your bike tonight, as always, everyone do wear white. Victor Wimbanyama, Victor no. Wimbanyama, Victor Wimbanyama. Oh, God.
laid out for some sleep beneath the gap now. Tongues of angels say your name. 